Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's bring Tom Murphy in from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Been all over camp, covering it closely. Tom, we're hanging out at McDonald's today in Rossville. I got to tell you, there are worse assignments. We just got a couple of double cheeseburgers and some nuggets and fries delivered to us, so we're about to smash some lunch. So you feel free to give us as long-winded an answer as you you like. Yeah. Please don't just stop suddenly. <laughs> yes. You know. Don't don't get me mid-bite. But uh, anyway, welcome back, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. I'll give you a little McDonald's riff. Uh, sometimes on these early morning practices, but they have a great app, by the way. And uh, yep. you get Bob Holt going on it. Um, they have deals all the time and uh, one of the more convenient apps that you can find. So uh, I ate a number of uh, Egg McMuffins with cheese and sausage and the uh i'm a big fan of the mcgriddle i'm a, i'm a sucker same like both those i'm a sausage guy too i mean i'm fine with the traditional canadian bacon the original the og yeah, yeah. the og mcmuffin but uh i'm a huge fan if i go sausage mcmuffin with egg and cheese is always my jam you so. know davenport's a big uh, egg white guy yeah egg white delight they used to do those they don't do, they it don't anymore. do them anymore no but that was good with the gouda cheese phenomenal i don't know what davenport does now yeah I don't think they have good cheese in the house anymore. It must not have taken off, but that was my favorite my favorite morning thing for sure. Anyway, I guess we got to talk about uh, about football, Tom. So um, let's uh, where are we going? Where do you want to go first, here, Wes? Offensive line. Let's so talk about what line. we were just talking sure, about. Sure, why not? Yeah, and I appreciate that because I had some thoughts as you were playing that clip, and it and it's this, and I'm, I'll I'll be long winded if y'all want to get in a couple of bites here. But um, so yeah, I I made it the lead note for us today because. Of all the like interesting position groups on this team, um, O line doesn't get a whole lot of talk or notoriety, but I think they're going to be one of the funnest to watch because we've we've gotten used to so much of the Ricky Stromberg, Dalton Wagner, Brady Latham, Bo Lemmer, and then you know two years ago it was Myron Cunningham, last year Luke Jackson, and um, uh, Luke Jones. I'm sorry, Luke Jones. And um, so now there's going to be changes. You still have Latham and Lemmer. But there's guys all around him that we haven't seen a lot of. And so um, when he made these comments yesterday, you know, the starting five coming out of camp was Latham, Limmer, and then it looked to be Josh Braun or Crawford at at right guard, and then Devin Manuel, left tackle, Patrick Kudis, right tackle. Well, yesterday he's saying add Andrew Chambly into your top eight and then add Crawford and then add Amari Wiggins. Well, and Marion Harris is a kid who started the uh, Liberty Bowl last year at right guard and was playing well. Well, he didn't start. He came in for Crawford and played so well that he didn't, you know, you didn't even see him blow a block or anything. So that's how, how well he's played. That's nine guys right there. So um, I think uh, we heard Dan Eno say they're really happy with their first five, and he thinks that they're on the verge of uh, being happy with a top ten at offensive line. So – even though there are questions about how well the edges are going to hold up, and that's legit. You know, how will Manuel, Chambly, and Kudis hold up at the tackle spots and possibly Crawford? Uh, that's going to get a lot of focus. But um, if you have faith that Cody Kennedy's a good O-line coach, as Sam Pittman says, and that Sam Pittman is an O-line guru, which he's proven over the years, then you got to believe they're going to play well. Do you feel better about the offensive line after hearing what he said? Well, Sam Pittman is a guy who he wants all his group to go into the season with big confidence. So he talks them all up. 
anywhere you any question any position group you ask about, he talks them up. Now I need to be shown that I, I believe that he thinks they're going to be good, but to see um, Devin Manuel and Andrew Chambly at left tackle taking on the league's best pass rushers, we won't see that. I mean, I don't know what BYU will have, but I don't know if we're going to see a a premier pass rusher the first two weeks. But then you get into the LSU game and you're going to see a premier pass rush. And, you know, I know they're going to win some and lose some battles, but uh, if, you, if you can win a big number of those these first three weeks, that's going to go a long way in uh, instilling confidence. And the good thing about the way the schedule stacks up early is they're playing teams where they should get leads and they should be able to get into their depth and really find out who are their, who's their O-line rotation, who's on the D-line, who's going to help at linebacker safety, and so on. Um, and they haven't been afforded that opportunity in recent years. You and I were both concerned about the tackles and then on defensive safeties. I- any movement with that safety, the position that's uh, kind of solidified that position? The latest news is this. Um, Sam Pittman, and I wrote about this today as well, Jaden Johnson did not have a good sophomore year. I, and, and none of the safeties had great sophomore years in either coverage or just being forceful tacklers. Now they have Al Walcott. Um, and, and, you know, I'm going to make a small excuse. They lost Jalen Catalan, and they lost Miles Flusher for good parts of the year, and that affected their safety position. Uh, but Al Walcott's going to be a hitter. He's a leader and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I just hope he's a judicious hitter. He doesn't, you know, throw his shoulder out or anything like that because if they have him all year, they're going to be a lot better. Uh, but Jaden Johnson has really come on, and uh, he's been in the ones lately, and Hudson Clark's been running with the twos. And, you know, Hudson Clark was a key figure in the secondary all last year, A, for his versatility, because he was a corner to start the season, and then B, you know, he moved he moved to safety. And, yeah, he had moments like in the Mississippi State game where he got run over for a touchdown, but he had a huge pick in the BYU game, and he's, you know, just a dependable kid. And so if, if you got those three in your top three and then you add Malik Chavis, you got a decent top four. I still worry about the depth of that position, though, and, and until I see results, uh, I'll still be worried about the depth. Tom Murphy joining us from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette on the Brandon Moving in Storage Hotline. Tom, they've obviously got a um, embarrassment of riches at running back this year. What, are you getting any kind of feel for what the breakdown will be as far as how many carries percentage-wise they want to get to Rocket versus the rest of the guys? Well, um, no, and I think at one point last year they actually revealed, you know, that Rocket had earned in camp, he had earned like more than half the carries. And, and that, by golly, that's what happened. I don't know if – I don't – I think A.J. Green and Rashad Dubinian um, and Dominic Johnson are good enough, and Augustov as he comes along. But I think those other guys are good enough that maybe you spell Rocket a little bit more. Uh, maybe you cut down on his carries by 10, 15 percent, oh, uh, you know, compared to last year. Uh, 1,400 yards, I just, I actually would prefer it for his long term and then just for the, you know, the variety of the room that it looks a little bit more like two years ago when um, KJ, Traylon Smith, Dominic Johnson, and Rocket Sanders all rushed for 500 yards, which was a phenomenal feat. Oh, sorry. What does a perfect Saturday look like, carry wise, for that room? 
Well, you're probably going to average somewhere in the mid-30s on carries. And, you know, I mean, every once in a while you're going to have an outlier game. Like, remember the, 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 the breakout game in 2014 down at Texas Tech where they had seven rushing touchdowns and I, they ran 40-something times, I think, in that game. But let's just say an average game, 30-something carries. Well, I think you want Rocket to get maybe around in the 60% of it or the high 50s if we're talking about a conference game. And then you inter- you disperse, disperse the others uh, among the other backs and KJ um, in varying percentages. Uh, but let's just say Western Carolina. Maybe you know maybe you get Rocket a good 80 yards and a, a touchdown or so, and then and then rest them a little bit. Uh, wh- why would why would you not do that? If you have the opportunity to, you know, keep him fresher for the season and give all these other guys some run, um, and it, it keeps the room happier and so on and so forth. And I expect them to be divvied up in a little bit different manner versus Western Carolina um, and then Kent State and maybe BYU. We'll see. I mean, Dubinia had a great touchdown catch against BYU last year, and then when it gets down to conference games, maybe they hone in a little bit tighter. Tom, I wanted to ask you about, you know, we've been talking about receivers a little bit, and we're all expecting the tight end position. I think you wrote about it this week to be more prominent with the new offensive coordinator, Dan Enos. Uh, you had a really good story, or a good segment of the story I thought about Haz and his brother this week. I, li- I like those, uh, the story of those two playing against each other and how they tangled in practice and such. But the praise was effusive from not only coaches but his fellow tight ends for has and uh sounds like he's going to be a, a pretty good piece of the puzzle in that regard yeah big time it's funny um writers i don't think often like to do this but i be- I had that story written about two two weeks ago it was done just a matter of when it was going to run and then we have the tight ends come in and you get morgan turner saying stuff and you get varkey's gums and you get francis sherman who had the quote like i've never seen a freshman like this let alone a tight end in my life like what He's that impressive? And, yeah, we in spring we saw him make a ton of plays. And we've seen it in camp, but we don't get to see the whole practice as much. And so we know Luke has is an impressive kid. He could run. Um, he's a route runner. He's got great hands. Uh, but they're, what they're seeing in camp has been more than what we've seen. And I, I'm like, well, I'm going to have to redo that story. So I had to get all those quotes in from Sherman and those other guys to tell Luke, Luke has because, um, I think between him and maybe Braxton, you're looking at probably the two biggest true freshman contributors to this team. And maybe uh, Tom, hey, let talk me add Brad. Yeah, let, go ahead. Let, let me add Brad, Brad Spence to that as well, the linebacker. Yeah, I mean he might be the mm-hmm. fifth linebacker, but I think if you put him in that mix, you got your probably top three contributors. For sure, Tom Murphy, the Democrat Gazette, joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Um, when I ask about return guys, you know, we haven't talked a lot about that of late. I think we have a pretty good feel for who those guys will be. That's a critical position last year. I mean, Arkansas, you know, pulled a couple of, of tough games out of the fire with uh, their return game last year. So what's what's happening with that? Well, we haven't seen a lot of it. But I would say this, based on Titania's 100-yard return, I would have him as my main kickoff returner. He's, he's an elusive, fast, and everything you want out of a kickoff returner. And then Stevens is the one who – you know, have the return against Missouri State that started to turn that game around. And so I would I would go with him as a lead. But it could be that they like Satania enough catching punts that maybe he does both. Um, I, I'm not sure. And um, there's been a number of guys they mentioned. Uh, but, you know, A.J. Green, I, the, the blocking just wasn't there a lot last year. And so 
Um, it got to be where, in my mind, I was hoping they'd fair catch every kickoff, even if it went down to the two or five or whatever, because so many of them, they were starting inside the 25. Uh, but um, I think with Satania, maybe uh, they try to open things up. And you got you got to get hats on hats. And kickoff return is such a weird thing on the timing of it and the angles and everything you're dealing with. Uh, but I think we're, we might see a few more kick returns by the Razorbacks this year. We've been hearing a lot of great things about Cam Little. I'm curious, SEC game, you know, first quarter, fourth and ten from the 40. Are they going to trot him out and try a 57-yard field goal? Do they feel that comfortable, or is it more like, you know, end of the half, we'll try a 50, you know, if we have to, or end of the game if you have to? Are they comfortable enough to where they would try a 57-yard field goal instead of trying to punt it, you know, and, and, and pin a team deep? Yeah, you know, game flow is going to have a big deal with that. But to hear Sam Pittman talk, lately, yeah, I think he'd kick the 57-yarder more than half the time. Um, you know, depending on what the score is, time of game and all that, would play into it. But they're facing him making a 57-yarder and even out to 60, I think, this year. Uh, is going to be a little bit stronger, or I would say a lot stronger. I mean, the kid's on pace to break the um, the all-time field goal accuracy mark at Arkansas. Um, and he's he's been money except for one kick against A&M. And honestly, it was a, a few errors, you know, the snap off of Stromberg's butt that lost nine yards and the way the clock, the way the way they handled the clock at the end, it kind of led to uh, a doink off the top of the upright. That's that's been the one, you know, really unfortunate kick. And of course, he could have avoided a shutout at Georgia two years ago as well. I'm not sure the distance, but he missed that one too. Have a question on the Southern Structural Solutions text line. Could you ask Tom about Jaheem Singletary? Does he look as talented as I hope he is? That's from Joe. Yeah, kid's got great hips. When you watch him doing drills, you can just see there's a, you know, that uh, fast twitch, you know, gene. He's got that. Um, and it didn't take long in camp for them to say uh, they were leaning toward it to begin with. But we would like Snacks Johnson to move in to the nickel spot. They call it hog this year. He and Jalen Lewis could be a good combo there. But that would require somebody to help, help out with Nudie McLaughlin. And uh, it was Jaheim Singletary. And I think that's what they were hoping to start with, and that's what's played out. And we talked to Jaheim the other day. Um, I think he's excited to have the chance. He's excited to be here. Um, and their cornerback room now, you you could have McLaughlin and Singletary. Uh, and he's tall, too. I think he's like 6'2". Just, um, just a really good athlete. He could be what McLaughlin was last year, and that's, that, that would play well into if they need to send multiple blitzers on certain plays. They can hold up on those corner spots. It helps you. So I think those two, and then yeah, Jalen Braxton, who I mentioned earlier, and then um, uh, and then you got uh, Ladarius Bishop uh, could be your top four corners uh, this season. And then I think um, the kid from uh, uh, Keon Stewart, the TCU transfer. I think he's going to wind up being in the top four or five as well at corner. Very good. Tom, I appreciate you very much. Enjoy the weekend. What What is the plan for the guys this weekend? Yeah, they're having the mock game today, which isn't like as physical as mock games in the past, going through the game day routine. And then, um, mm-hmm. well, they're shut down from a media standpoint the next three days. So everybody 
you know, catches their breath and gets ready for game week next week. But uh, come Monday, it'll we'll, we'll be in that game week. And I don't know. I, I think the coaching staff and the players have a really good feel for the unity on this team, the depth at certain positions they've never had before, like D-line. If the, if the O-line can hold up and the safeties, the, the questions Wes and I have kept having through this camp, the O-line can hold up, the safeties have enough depth and can play well, they could be a pretty special team. Very good. All right, buddy. I appreciate you very much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Later. Have a good weekend.